This morning I'll be reading from Acts uh, 3, verse 11 through 26. So if you'd like to turn to that, if anyone needs a Bible, there are some in the back that you're welcome to use. While he was holding on to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astonished, ran toward them in what is called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he addressed the people, Fellow Israelites, why are you amazed at this? Why do you stare at us as though we made him walk by our own power or godliness? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and denied before Pilate, though he had decided to release him. You denied the holy and righteous one and asked to have a murderer released to you. You killed the source of life whom God raised from the dead. We are witnesses of this. My faith in his name, his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. So the faith that comes through Jesus has given him this perfect health in front of all of you. And now, brothers and sisters, I know that you acted in ignorance just as your leaders also did. In this way, God fulfilled what he had predicted through all the prophets, that his Messiah would suffer. Therefore, repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out, that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus, who has been appointed for you as the Messiah. Heaven must receive him until the time of the restoration of all things, which God spoke about through his holy prophets from the beginning. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your brothers and sisters. You must listen to everything he tells you. And everyone who does not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from the people. In addition, all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those after him have also foretold these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your ancestors, saying to Abraham, and all the families of the earth will be blessed through your offspring. God raised up his servant and sent him first to you to be blessed, to bless you by turning each of you from your evil ways. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Clark. Thank you all again for being here. How are we doing this morning? Everybody good? And we love this weather. Amen. And I was, uh, I devote about one weekend a year to raking leaves. Okay, I love it. So, and it was this weekend. And so yesterday I was, uh, spent a good three hours and it was muggy. Anybody out yesterday afternoon was like muggy, just like, you know, typical. And then did some honeydews, lover. Uh, well, actually, the honeydew was to get more uh, leaf bags. So anyway, it was my do uh, at Kroger, and then came out of Kroger, and it was like 50 or 45 and raining. So the voice is, uh, I don't know how it'll work out, but God will work it out. Anyway, God gives, and he gives us the days, and he gives us here. Thank you, Clark, for reading that. Uh, we are in, as has been said, the season of, of Lent, and Lent is... It's supposed to be a special time in the life of the church where we turn to be a little bit more uh, reflective about ourselves, about what God has done for us in Jesus on the cross. Now, I say that because you see this cross that we have up here just about every Sunday. 
but it's got these note cards which are nailed to them. Uh, Some of y'all who were here Wednesday night at our Ash Wednesday service uh, nailed something that you wanted to give to the Lord. And I don't know what it was. It could have been something. uh, We talked about idols. uh, We talked about sins. But it was uh, a powerful time of y'all, several of y'all coming up, nailing on your own to the cross and giving that to God uh, for the evening, for Lent, hopefully forever. Uh, What we're led to do, what I feel led to do, is to continue that and continue giving all of y'all an opportunity to give things to God uh, each and every Sunday uh, during Lent. So at the close of this service, or rather while we're taking communion, as the ushers are going to direct y'all to come forward and take communion, if God is moving you to give something to him, and I'm going to be a little bit more direct and clear towards the end, Uh, We're going to give you an opportunity to nail what you want to give written down on the cross. Jesus takes it. It's crucified with him. And then we will celebrate Easter Sunday as the cross will be draped in white. He covers everything, uh, our sins, uh, the idols that are good things that become ultimate things. And we'll celebrate in baptism Sunday. And so that also each Sunday in Lent, if you have not been baptized If you are exploring baptism, if you want to talk about baptism, we, as in me, our elders, would love to talk to you and make it a powerful Easter baptism resurrection Sunday for you this Easter. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, throughout this message, I hope you'll at least consider what you might want to give to the Lord. And actually, I'm going to specify that because I'm going to give something to Him at the end before we serve communion. So, And at least have one more note card up there. Not that we're counting, but today I want you to think about what dream are you going to give to God? Because often our dreams, dreams isn't like good things, but they become ultimate things and can hold us back from turning to the Lord. It's like, I got to have this, I got to have this. And so like I have one dream that I want to give to the Lord. And, And God may give me that dream or he may not, but I know that this dream has held me back in my life and it will continue to do so in my future. So I'm saying, God, just take it. It's yours. You do what you want with it, okay? So that's something to think about. But before then, I want us to look into this passage. And really the key verse here, key verses is verse 19 and 20. Therefore, repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out, that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus who has been appointed for you as the Messiah. I love love those verses and really for three words, seasons of refreshing. Uh, Your Bible may say times of refreshing. Um, And I really love that that one word, refreshing, uh, refresh. Uh, I have have uttered this... uh, uh, the sentence, I actually heard it this week. Uh, one of my idols is the Olympics and the Winter Olympics, and it's just crushing me on sleep because, you know, they're showing everything live, and so, you know, something live is like 1 a.m. But anyway, some of the broadcasters would say when they would interview someone and they were really honest, they'll come back and say, man, it was really refreshing, their honesty. And I've said that before, like it's refreshing how honest or authentic a person is. What does that mean? We, we throw that out, it's refreshing. Uh, well, it's I mean, it's clear, it's, um, I don't really care for the word freshen up or anything, but you know, it just, it feels light, clear, um, like it's good, um, 
you know, you just, you just like it. And so the Bible is saying seasons of refreshing may come to you. And, and I've pondered that throughout this week because I've thought about Christianity, your faith, our faith, should be refreshing. It should bring seasons of refreshing. Maybe that season is like part of a day or part of a week. Uh, or the season could be a long season or just the whole season of life. It should be refreshing. So I want you to stop there and think, well, if it, if it should be refreshing, and for, for many of you, and often in my life, it's not, if I'm being honest and authentic. So why is it not, like, all the time? Why is our, our faith, uh, Christianity, why would it not be refreshing? Well, there are a couple reasons. Maybe we really don't know it and understand it the way the Bible teaches it to us. Another reason is, is maybe, um, you know, maybe we have these idols or things, the, these dreams that we want so bad. Perhaps, and we can do this down here, we might use God or, or use the church to attain uh, these idols. And that's been our focus. So you know, we just see God as a means to our end. Maybe it's just, you're just getting pounded by, I mean, we believe in Satan, we believe Satan attacks, but you're just pounded by the devil. Maybe there's sin in you that you have not turned from. Uh, maybe you just feel depressed and depleted by the world, by sin, by Satan. And those are three constants. So, so really, each and every day, if we're being honest, really biblical worldview, uh, we have a steep climb to get the feeling of, refreshment or refreshing, but thanks be to God that we have a Savior, it's not about to us, that he just pounded it and flattened it, and we can move forward uh, in him. If we believe that, but often we don't, and we feel like it's up to us to climb that steep hill, and, and we're just always, you know, one foot forward, two foot, uh, two, one step forward, two steps back, and just can't ever get there. So today, I want to look in this passage and... And talk to us about, again, why our faith, why Christianity, why it should be refreshing. And then after that, I want to give one big reason why I don't think it is often for us. And then I'd like to invite you to give to the Lord in this Lent uh, a dream or the dream and nail it to the cross. And you may not want to nail it today. Maybe you need time to consider it. But at least I want to give you the opportunity and the invitation. So, that being said, let's pray. God, thank you for this time, for your word. Uh, you, by your spirit, are very clear in that um, you, you want to refresh us, that you give seasons of refreshing by your spirit, by your word. I pray that we look into this passage, look into your word. We feel uh, the power of your spirit, and, and many of us are depleted, and we are depressed, and uh, we, we feel like we can't turn anywhere because of what people may think of us. I I just pray for an openness of your spirit here continually. Uh, I pray for a power of healing and a power of turning and giving you the things that hold us back. And sometimes those can look to the world very bad, but sometimes they can look to the world very good. And we're chasing after them. And let us just give them to you and turn to you that seasons of refreshing may come. In your name, Jesus, amen. Okay, Why, why should... Christianity be refreshing? Well, one, one reason it should is because it's not up to us. 
It's not up to us. The first couple verses that, that Clark read, uh, verse 11 and 12, all these people are uh, looking at Peter and John. I mean, they could have immediately made a name for themselves. They could have uh, got fame. They could have got fortune. You know, for Peter, it had been like, man, fishing business is over. You know, I'm done. I mean, I've got use some money off that healing power. I get some money. And they don't. They just point to Jesus. Verse 12, Peter saw this. He addressed the people, fellow Israelites, why are you amazed at this? Why do you stare at us as though we had made him walk by our own power or godliness? Uh, He's saying, we didn't do this. Jesus did. And I say that to you all because often uh, we think, you know, it's up to us. Uh, It's up to us to save a brother and sister. Uh, It's up to us to, you know, be the best Christian we can be. Um, That everything is up to us. But the Bible says differently. The Bible says that it is God all the time. It is God's grace all the time. It is His work going on. Uh, That cripple, as we talked about last week, is healed because God chose for him to be healed. And God did it. And Jesus did it. So there's a part where it can be refreshing. Like, it takes the burden off us to be everybody or the world's savior and just rely on Jesus and just rest in Jesus. Does anybody, like, need that good word? Amen? Amen. I mean, I know, for, I mean, as pastor, I often feel a lot of burden. Like, you got to save everybody. Got to be everybody's savior. Like, we're going to help God out. Okay? Like, he needs any help. The Bible, let me be clear, in Christianity, it's all... Jesus. It's all God. It's all the work of the Spirit. So we turn and trust in Him, and it's His timing, and it's His plan. It's His work. So it can be refreshing to know, man, it's, it's, just, it's not up to us. We can just lean on, we can rely on, we can rest in Jesus. He's, he's done all the work. Now, let me say this. Each and every one of you do have at least one gift. Uh, and I believe when you become a Christian, those natural gifts are infused with spiritual power, spirit-filled power, and they're to be used for the glory of Jesus. And this happens here as Peter and John, Peter directly healed this man. So if you're a Christian, if you claim to be a Christian, uh, one, I hope you know at least some of the ways God's gifted you, but are you using your gifts to glorify him? Put a verse up on screen. Peter actually writes about this. So he's been thinking about it uh, since this time in Acts 3. Peter says, just as each one has received a gift, and you've received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. If anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength God provides so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. So just a simple question, okay? God has gifted you. Are you, are you using those gifts uh, to serve him, to serve others, to glorify him? I'll try to make this clear. You can use those gifts uh, in business, in medicine, uh, in law, I mean, as a citizen, in the arts. Just think about each day, you know, are you bringing glory to him? Each night as you go to bed, we talked about this in Ash Wednesday, did my actions and thoughts bring glory to God? I'm not saying everybody's got to be called to be a pastor, preacher, missionary, although I believe we're all missionaries, and I think one of the greatest mission fields is the the world around us, the centers of culture and commerce. Are you using your gifts to glorify God and pointing people to him? It should be refreshing. It's not about us. 
It's all up to him. Uh, Another way that our faith, Christianity, should be refreshing is that we have all we need. We have God's plan. Uh, We actually have the reason behind all past history and everything in the future right here in God's word. Uh, If we believe it. And we like to say that we are a Bible-believing church, that we want to teach, study, read, meditate upon, learn the Bible. But often, I don't know about you, but in my life, often, you know, I look at reading the Bible not as I would reading another book. And I love to read books. You know, you take up a book, say it's fiction or nonfiction, maybe it's a biography of somebody you're interested in. I don't know if you're a reader, but the way I like to do it is, I mean, take the book, man, you know, devote myself to the book. You know, I'm not like, read the last page first, start at the beginning, want to give time to it, want to understand it. It's one book that I'm reading. But we don't look at the Bible that way. Often we look at the Bible and we're like, I, I just want a word, I just, I just want a verse that maybe will pump me up, boost me up. You know, Romans 8, uh, 38, we're more than conquerors. Yeah, baby, love that. Philippians 4, 13, can do all things in Christ who's streamed. Yeah, baby, you know, we're going to rock on with that. And, and that's, that's it. Often. And if it's not you, then that's great. But that's often been me in my life. We just, let's just pick a verse uh, and use it for my life. But why it should be refreshing is often we have questions about God, God's plan, God's plan for your life, God's plan for the world. And everything is right here in the Bible, uh, in Scripture. Uh, God's whole plan from the beginning of when he created everything that he created to the end, as Webb talked about at the beginning of this uh, service. His plan of the church, his plan in sending Christ. So I say that. It should be refreshing that there are some things that are mysterious that we won't know until heaven. But the main point, the main ideas, the main plan, we've got. And that's why, I mean, I encourage for myself or others uh, read the Bible. And I'm not saying just start like Genesis 1, you know, commit to a year and go to Revelation. I mean, you can try that if you want. I mean, by the time you hit Leviticus, you may be given up, okay? But we have some Bible reading plans that will give like an Old Testament chapter, a New Testament chapter. Um, I'm actually doing one. Some of us are doing one, two Old Testament chapters, two New Testament chapters. To see the whole story of the Bible. It is one book. There is one author, the Holy Spirit. It's one plan. God created, we're fallen, we're saved by Jesus. He is now restoring the world by his Holy Spirit through the church, through his people. And it shows that plan, that story. So there should be, and if it's not, I'd press on you. I mean, do you believe it? Do you believe in God's word? Are you really impacted and affected by God's word? There should be some refreshing as we see news in the world and things, craziness, you know, a world of, uh, unfortunately, continual school shootings. That there is a plan, that God is in control, that as Brother Webb said, he is making all things new and will make all things new. Even in the world amidst great brokenness. It refreshes me knowing that. Uh, It is also refreshing to really see and know Jesus as this passage talks about. Uh, And by the way, this, this passage... You know, talking about God's plan, Peter actually uses it over and over again as he mentions Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Samuel, 
the whole plan. But then he talks specifically about Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Verse 13, he ties the Old Testament to Jesus. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and denied before Pilate. Two words there. It is refreshing to know Jesus as both a servant, our servant, and he is glorified by God. Uh, Let me read you a passage. It's not up on screen, but I think this is uh, one of the best descriptions and depictions of Jesus Christ, who he is. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. If you've got a pen, write it down. Read it sometime this week. This is who Jesus is. Verse 5, Philippians 2, adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, Jesus emptied himself. He took the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, God exalted him. And gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, I don't know if you believe that, but I do. And it is refreshing to know that one day, uh, every knee will bow, every tongue confess. I mean, that could be in 2020. It could be in 9020. I don't know. But that day is coming, and God knows when, and he has a plan. But it's also awesome to me and refreshing that God himself, our creator, took the form, not just of a man, not just a man who, who is king, but not a worldly king, but a servant. And he came to serve. He washed dirty feet. He'd still be willing to wash your stinky, dirty feet. My stinky, dirty feet, okay? Did that. And yet God glorifies him and exalts him. That's our God. That's our Savior. It's not someone who we're like, you know, we can't touch or can't come to. It's a servant who loves and serves and who died for you. You may have, you know, I've never served in the military. I've never had somebody give their life for mine except Jesus. And that is literally what he did. He gave his physical, his earthly life for you, for all his people. You need to know this. It needs to be repeated. So someone, if you're a Christian, someone has died for you. If you're not a Christian, someone has died for you. You just don't know it yet. It's also refreshing to me tied to this. It talks about his glory. And then on later in this passage, verse 21, heaven must receive him, Jesus, until the time of restoration of all things, which God spoke about through his holy prophets from the beginning, that there is a restoration of all things and It's refreshing, get this, that Jesus' glory will be our glory. Put the verse up on screen, 2 Corinthians 3, 17 through 18. What are you talking about here? The glory that Jesus has been given, you believe in him, one day will be your glory. Verse 17, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Now the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That is refreshing. We all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed in the same image from glory to glory. I love that line. We're moving from one 
phase of glory to another. This is from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now, some of you may say, excuse me, I'm hot. Y'all hot? Sorry. I do this every now and then. Wake y'all up. If you're more interested in me taking off my jacket than glory to glory, well, that's, that's saying something, okay? Not that I'm taking off my jacket, but glory to glory. <laughs> you don't have to, bro. Glory to glory is when you are saved, you have the glory of God, and he is moving you to different phases of glory in, in knowing and loving and serving him, that it's, it's glory. Until one day, as we said last week, you will get your you know, perfect Mac Daddy supermodel body, although that's not why you should just believe in Jesus. But the Bible is clear. All things will be restored. My son Logan and I will have multiple conversations. Okay? There'll be no cancer. There'll be no scars. There'll be no tears. Revelation, he will wipe every tear from our eyes. Revelation says he will not wipe your names out of the book of life. So yes, once saved, you're always saved. And all things will be restored. I get refreshed at that. And, and if you don't, and I always haven't, by the way, then it's quite possible that your idols are for that perfect body and perfect life in this earthly life. And that's not going to happen. It ain't going to happen. It's very refreshing as well that you can crucify Jesus and still belong to him. Like, how is that? This is what Peter says. He says, you crucified him. He said, uh, verse 14, you denied the holy and righteous one and asked to have a murderer released to you. You killed, you killed, you killed the source of life whom God raised from the dead. We are witnesses of this. Verse 17, and now, brothers and sisters, I know you acted in ignorance, yet ignorance is never an excuse, although we try to play dumb sometimes, just as your leaders did. In this way, God fulfilled what he had predicted through all the prophets that his Messiah would suffer. Therefore, repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out, that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. They crucified Jesus, and Peter's given them an opportunity to belong to Jesus. Are you tracking with me? You can, you can crucify Jesus, you can kill Jesus, and then you can still uh, belong to him. The centurion at the foot of the cross, he said, surely this man is the son of God. He may have nailed the nails in his hands. Uh, you know, some, some of y'all here think like, man, God can't forgive me of this. The sin, the darkness I've been in is... is um, it's too much. And then some of y'all don't have that problem at all. It's like, you know, I don't do any bad sins. I'm, I'm great, which can often be just as dark of a place. Nothing is too big or too great, even killing Jesus. You can turn to him. That seasons of refreshing may come. I hope y'all know that. And then last, it is these seasons are to be refreshing. Christian life is to be refreshing. It's not to be a burden. I don't want to be a burden to come to church. I don't want to be a burden to read your Bible. I don't want to be a burden to feel like you've got to be in a group or got to go on a mission trip. Or I don't want that. I don't want this place to be a culture like that. It should be refreshing. That it's refreshing to worship the Lord. It's refreshing to learn from the Lord. Uh, it's refreshing to be part of a community. It's refreshing to go and serve neighbors and love our neighbors and 
even the challenges of differences in opinion or philosophies or, or races or cultures or languages, that it's an adventure and you just engage in it. And God's behind you and before you and on your side. It should be refreshing to repent. Peter's clear. He says repent. He means to turn from your sin, from your idols, from maybe your dreams, and turn to God. And believe, like, that it's not up to us. It's you've done all the work. That there is a plan for your life and for the world. That Jesus is both servant and glorified Savior. And there's nothing that can hold you back. No sin in turning from Him. So, that's why it should be refreshing. But why is it not sometimes? I would just say this real simple. It's because we haven't turned. Like often we haven't turned. But it's not only that. Let me make it very clear. Often we peak. We don't turn. Here's, here's the way I live most of my life, and here is probably how you live your life. You've got your dream. You've got what is glory to you. Uh, maybe it's a house. Maybe it's a career. Maybe it's be like, you know, Mr. or Miss, you know, stud, you know. I, mean, I don't have to describe that. I mean, whatever that image is, maybe it's be on the cover of People magazine. Maybe it's be on the cover of Wall Street Journal. That's your glory. And you know Jesus back here, but there's going to be no full turn. It's a peak. It's like a peak, you know. I'm going to peak back, and I'll say a turn, but I'm going to keep moving towards my dream. You know how uncomfortable, you ever tried walking like that? Walking, just looking back. And you say you're looking at Jesus, and you even get a little sight and light and knowledge from him. But it's really just a peak. It's not a turn. And really, you can't, you know, you're just straddling a fence. Not fully moving forward in this, which would be bad, but a lot of folks do. But you're not turning and just saying, man, I I surrender. I'm giving it to you. I'm trusting you. You will accomplish your dreams for my life as I turn to you. But man, we just often, and it's easy in church life too. Like I got my church and now we got a building and we're kind of comfortable and complacent. Just move and just peek. Get a peek in, but this is still it, man. I'm still moving here. How many of us, how often do we, do we peek? We just peek back and don't turn. I want, for my life, I want to I end the peeking and fully turn. And to fully turn, we have to remind ourselves over and over again. We have to be part of a community. We have to remind ourselves of why the gospel is refreshing. We have to remind ourselves how important it is to be part of a community. We have to remind ourselves that it can, it can hurt us to peak because we may crash in moving this way because we're not seeing it right. And we're not getting, the full, not getting the full deal of salvation and life in Jesus. So we turn. Uh, so today, I'd like to give us an opportunity to turn, and I want to be specific, and we're going to pull the cross down to the front of the steps. We are going to invite you to take communion. There are going to be ushers coming from the back, but as they lead you to take communion, take communion. Uh, you can give those who call Bell with a home, thankful for that, but there's going to be nails and a card and pens, and I know for me, I'm going to write a dream 
that has held me back from turning fully to Christ, and I just peek at him. And I'm going to write that dream, and I'm going to hammer it into the cross. And God may provide that dream. He may not in this life, but I am giving it to him. And each Sunday in Lent, we'll, we'll continue this. And, and my prayer is that, is that you would turn, literally, that you would use this time. I mean, it's given for you as a resource. It's not to be showy. It's not to do something different. It's the body of Christ walking together, repenting together, turning together. Yes, literally. And so I don't want you to be afraid of that. And if you're like, Man, I ain't got nothing, then I'd say you're wrong. <laughs> we all have... I mean, I'm going to be hitting that nail hammer every Sunday. I mean, 12 disciples, I at least got 12 cards up there. And just give it to the Lord. Uh, and let us see you so that I at least can pray for you. Let me be specific about that. And really be the body of Christ. Physically together, join. Uh, last thing I'm going to say is a hymn. Uh, it's a, a hymn I used to sing growing up in a small country church. It's from Charles Wesley. I love this. Finish then thy new creation, pure and spotless, let us be. Let us see your great salvation, perfectly restored in thee. Change from glory into glory. There's that verse in 2 Corinthians. Till in heaven we take our place, till we cast our crowns before thee. Lost in wonder, love, and praise. Lost in wonder, love, and praise. Lost in wonder, love, and praise. Are you lost in love and wonder and praise, or are you just lost? I want us to be lost in love and wonder and praise. I want us to let go and be vulnerable and authentic and give Jesus everything and turn to him and be continually moved from glory to glory, made new. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray for the people of this church family. I pray for those who are here today. I pray that we would, I pray, I know for me at least, I can say that I peak a lot. And I pray that we would see how we peak. And I pray that we would give these dreams that, um, that can be good, but just give them to you. And just say to you, to you be the glory. And may you glorify this, uh, both this dream and my life. And if, if you give it to me, praise be to God. If you don't give it to me, praise be to God. And let it be a step in us just totally turning to you and giving our life. I thank you for these people that are here. I thank you for the work that you are doing in us through your word. In the name of Jesus, amen.